Welcome back to the Warehouse Podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm going to be the solo host for the episode today, and I'm going to be talking about the report that came out several days ago from Bloomberg that stated that David Rubenstein was in talks to potentially acquire the Baltimore Orioles. So there's a lot of excitement around the possibility of this happening in Baltimore, which makes a lot of sense. Um, given uh, how Baltimore fans uh, feel about the Angelos family, in particular Peter Angelos, but recently, increasingly, John Angelos. Um, I do want to caution that uh, an agreement, uh, the selling of the team is not imminent. Um, It would almost assuredly happen in 2024 if it were to happen. And there are financial obstacles that need to be overcome in order for uh, the team to be sold. Um, In particular, um, that's regarding the lease agreement for Camden Yards. Um, And if we're looking for any other data point of negativity, I think this is a very small data point. Uh, But John Angelos has apparently assured Wes Moore um, the Maryland governor that there are no ta- there are no plans for the Angelos family to sell the team. So, with that said, um, I completely understand a lot of the excitement um, and hope that the Angelos family um, would be selling the team. I think if you were to ask, you know, almost assuredly, if you were to ask random Oriole fans. Um, in Baltimore, if they would be excited about the Orioles selling the team uh, with the Angelos family selling the Orioles without even knowing who the buyer would be, I think most people would be excited about that, right? So just almost at this point, anybody else except the Angelos family. Um, And there's a lot of reason why there's so much negativity and hostility towards the Angelos family. Um, So, of course, uh, in its origin story, um, people were initially angry predominantly at Peter Angelos because Peter Angelos took the proud Baltimore Orioles team and organization and ran it completely into the ground. The hosts on this show know firsthand how bad things were at the beginning of his sort of tenure as uh, owner, how bad things were under his helm. Uh, The Orioles had uh, over a decade of losing seasons where uh, the Orioles did not make the playoffs during this time. Um, They played under 500 baseball um, and it was just a disaster of, an organization. It was a disaster of a team. The Orioles were a laughing stock throughout major league baseball and people who grew up in the generation of our hosts on this program. Um, we basically like did not have, uh, like in our memorable childhood, any success watching this team. You know, we never saw the Orioles make a playoff game, in our childhood, none of that ever happened, uh, at least in our memorable childhood. Um, the Orioles did make the playoffs, of course, um, some of our very early years when we were very young. But 
um, too young for us to remember any of that. Um, so even uh, despite uh, the recent success, uh, you know, it hasn't been permanent success, but uh, the at least uh, off and on success that the Orioles have had since 2010, um, J- Peter Angelos has not been forgiven uh, throughout Baltimore um, for uh, for his role, um, despite having turned the organization around later on and after way too long of Oriole fans suffering. Um, yeah, little forgiveness has been afforded to them, to the Angelos family. And uh, of course, more recently within the last few years, um, Oriole fans, um, of course, Peter Angelos at this point um, is not in good health um, and is not predominantly running the show. Um for the Orioles and it's been more overtaken uh, by John Angelos, which arguably has been more of a disaster um, for the Orioles organization for the Orioles fan base. Um, At least like with Peter Angelos. Yes. The Orioles team was horrendous and was horrible and non-competitive. But with John Angelos, he's just, the insufferable character that he is we've talked about his antics on this show repeatedly um so the oreo fans have a lot of justified and righteous anger towards peter angelos towards the angelos family and towards john angelos so um the possibility of uh the oreo fans not having to read their name in the newspaper to not have to think about the angelos's anymore Um, especially in relation to the Orioles and um, their beloved uh, baseball team, um, that would be an absolute delight for most Oriole fans. So let's get into who David Rubenstein is. David Rubenstein grew up in Baltimore, which at a superficial level is nice. Um, He went to high school at City, which I understand may be hard for those O's fans out there that are partial to Poly. Um, after he went to Duke, where he studied political science. Um, so the fact is that, yes, he is from Baltimore. He lives in Bethesda now. Um, and that's, to some extent, that's nice, right? It's sort of nice in the same way that Under Armour being a Baltimore company is nice, right? Like the actual practical implications of it don't mean a whole lot. It would be nicer if Rubenstein had demonstrated his commitment to the city of Baltimore, um, if somehow he had been a school teacher for 40 years or had been a mailman and knew the community really well and had amazing standing in the community and was a really popular figure. So it would be great if someone like Running Man um, was, you know, bought the Baltimore Orioles and owned the Baltimore Orioles. Um But unfortunately, you have to be a billionaire, um, which David Rubenstein is. um, And he's sort of everything that you would expect a billionaire to be. Uh, He was the co-founder of the Carlyle Group, which is one of the top five largest private equity firms. If you want to learn more about one of the many ways that the Carlyle Group has done harm in the world and had a negative impact on things, 
Uh, I would just recommend uh, looking into watching an episode from last week tonight with John Oliver, where he basically talks about the Carlisle's uh, group's uh, involvement in mobile homes and the negative consequences that 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 had for regular everyday people. So I'm not going to talk about that here. Um, But if you want to learn one of the ways that this group that he co-founded has been destructive and had destructive consequences for people, feel free to go check that out. And of course, uh, like with many other billionaires, uh, David Rubenstein is involved in philanthropy. Um, He has donated a fraction of his wealth uh, to uh, two different charities and organizations. Um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with public relations and PR and uh, leaving a legacy and all these sorts of things. Um, But that is notable. Um, It is in line with a lot of the behavior of other billionaires in the world. Philanthropy is not um, uncommon, Um, but that is another notable uh, component of David Rubenstein. This is not a a comprehensive uh, description of who he is. Uh, but those are sort of the main the main bullet points of who David Rubenstein is. Um, so whether this uh, change in ownership uh, is likely to happen, um, I think it's definitely possible, actually. Um, so, of course, you know, the whole lease agreement thing is a thing that has to be worked out. Um, and would have to be worked out between uh, Rubenstein and the Angelos family um, in order for uh, in order for the Orioles to be sold. Um, but the thing is, money is not an impediment here. Um, and if David Rubenstein wants to buy the Orioles, he can definitely pay whatever the cost of the Orioles would be in the Angelos family's mind. So um, it's not like if, if David Rubenstein is committed enough to buying the Orioles, he is definitely able to do that. Um, He is like roughly twice the wealth that the Angelos family does. Um, So he could definitely, and is able to make an offer to the Angelos family that potentially they could not turn down or would not want to turn down. Um, it's just that that mainly would become a question of whether um, Rubenstein could buy the, the Orioles for, I guess, the price that he wanted to pay for it and um, whether that could be negotiated. Um, it would make sense for Rubenstein to buy and to want to buy the team because, you know, he's in his 70s at this point. Um, he would be taking over a team that is on an upward trajectory. And if he were to buy the team, um, that would sort of play a role in his legacy, um, moving forward. And a lot of these billionaires, um, their primary focus and concern is their legacy. So if he sees an opportunity, to one make money the orioles of course would be an investment for him uh potentially first and foremost would be an investment for him uh but then also would be able to get him good public relations um you know would be able to boost his uh uh notoriety in the community 
um you know even as public eye i'm sure he would you know make money just from being sort of elevated being more well known being able to you know write another book and do all these sorts of things that billionaires do um so I, I I don't see a lot of reason why Rubenstein would not want to buy the team. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense for where he's at um, and where he uh, is probably, you know, I'm trying to get into the head of a billionaire, um, but it, it would make sense that someone like Rubenstein would make an offer and would go hard to try to buy the Orioles. Um, and sort of add this on to his, you know, quote unquote legacy. Um, so I, I definitely think it's possible. There's been speculation for years now that the Angelos family has been trying to sell the team, especially with Peter Angelos not having the reins anymore. Um, so I could, uh, I, I think that this is possible. Whether I think it's likely, I'm not sure about that. Um, I think it's as likely as any owner potentially buying the team, um, whether it's going to be him. Um, that's a little, a little less clear. Obviously when you're at the billionaire level, it's not like there's a lot of competition, you know, there are not many other billionaires out there that, you know, can compete with you. And so I think that the possibility of this happening and the, the possibility of this team getting sold to David Rubenstein is as likely as any other potential scenario um, as far as the long-term future with the team. Uh, if the team does get sold and the Angelos family doesn't have, uh, doesn't keep it for another 10 years or something like that, then I would think David Rubenstein would be a front runner um, to, to buy the team. Um, and especially given uh, his background uh, in Baltimore, it would make sense that, uh, he would try to push for it. The fact that he would be buying a team um, that was potentially who he grew up a fan of um, and buying a team from his hometown that sort of fits in nicely with um, his PR and sort of how uh, the image that he wants to project of himself to to the world. So um, I think it, I think it would make a lot of sense. I think it would make a lot of sense from both perspectives. Um, from the perspective of Rubenstein and from the perspective of the Angelos family, John Angelos, Peter Angelos. So um, I think something like this could materialize. Um, whether it actually does, it's up in the air. Um, it's unclear. Uh, but um, this, as much as anything, I think is a possibility. So in terms of talking about the on-field implications um, for what this would mean for the Oriole fans, so I think if you're an Oriole fan right now, um, if if you're strictly concerned about the on-field play and how things are going on the field, I think you probably don't want a shakeup at the top of the organization Um just because there is some level of unpredictability that comes with that, right? Um, there Now, granted, there could be a good case scenario and there could be a bad case scenario for if um, for what the implications on the field would be for um, if David Rubenstein were to buy the team. Um, but um, there there is a question mark as to what the, as to what would happen. So if you're an Oriole fan right now, things are as good as they've been in years. 
uh, Mike Elias is clearly running a really well-run, effective uh, organization that looks to be competitive for a long time. And if the team were to be sold, all bets on that are off. Um, now, would I expect um, on day one, Ruben Stein buys the team and he shoves uh, Michael Elias aside and says, no, uh, you're fired and I'm bringing in this person and uh, they're going to run the team from now on. No, I wouldn't expect that. Um, I wouldn't expect that because, of course, um, things are going really well right now for the Orioles. Um, if he does nothing, things are probably going to continue to be going well. And he could just sort of ride the coattails of the work that Elias has been doing and the rest of the organization. It's not all Elias, um, but uh, ri sort of ride the coattails and take credit um, in a lot of ways for the success of the overall organization. With that said, even if not on day one, um, Rubenstein comes in, maybe they have a personal disagreement potentially Rubenstein doesn't like Elias maybe they butt heads and don't get along well and within a year or two Rubenstein takes over and in the next couple of years Michael Elias is gone and at that point the future of the organization and the future of how things are going right now is completely jeopardized up in the air who knows what would happen again I don't think that would be likely to happen, especially if Elias continues uh, to successfully run the Orioles organization, um, at least the baseball side of the Orioles organization, then I would expect him to stay sort of doing that until uh, things start going poorly and things start going bad. And then maybe Rubenstein's hand is forced a little bit okay, now we got to make a decision. But if things start going badly, then do Oriole fans want Elias to stay in charge even if the on-field production is not there? I don't know why Oriole fans would be so committed to Elias that we would want um, the Orioles' uh, performance to be bad. So I don't think it's about that. Um, and I, I, I don't honestly think Oriole fans... Uh, want a lot or like Elias so much that they want him to stay there. Even if the Orioles are losing, I don't think that's, that's how Oriole fans are thinking about this. Um, but with that said, um, the positive, of course, if Rubenstein buys the organization, he is wealthier than the Angelos is not that the wealth, I don't think really has large implications for, um, you know, it's not like, well, he has more money available to pay players, so he's going to pay them more. It's not really about that, but it is it could be theoretically about um, the Orioles being less cheap. And it seems certainly uh, like the Orioles. I mean, the, it's not seems like they are being basically as cheap as possible. Um, of course, the Craig Kimbrell. Uh, signing was the biggest investment the Orioles had made um, thus far under Mike Elias, um, which was a one-year $13 million contract. Um, so the Orioles have been very cheap up to this point. Um, and I think that, uh, of course, the Angelos family likes that the Orioles have been so cheap. 
Um, it saves them money from the organization. And I don't know, you know, we've talked on this show and speculated about sort of what the constraints for Michael Elias are um, financially. Um, but um, it is clear that there are some sort of financial constraints. It's not clear exactly what they are. We don't know the exact limits or anything like this, but we do know there are financial constraints. Um, and that's that's evidenced through just the decision making and the actions that the Orioles have taken, um, you know, over the last few years with him um, running the baseball side of the operation. Um, so with that said, if if uh, Rubenstein were to take over, um, maybe he would allow the Orioles organization to spend more money. Maybe he would allow a contract extension for someone like Gunnar Henderson, right? Um, maybe he would have more commitment for that sort of thing. Um, so that's unclear. It could go either way. He could just he could come in and be just as stingy um, as uh, you know whether it's Elias really making the decisions or whether it's uh, the Angelos family putting the constraints on. Um, he could sort of just be as stingy and, um, you know, things could sort of operate sort of the same way they are now, uh, clearly very effectively, clearly with um, the Orioles uh, presumably having a large amount of success uh, moving forward, but on a very low budget. So the Orioles could theoretically operate on this continued low budget or he might allow more money to be spent. Um, so those are kind of the two directions. Um, if David Rubenstein were to buy the team, those are the two directions it could go. Um, it could go in the good case scenario where, uh, the Orioles spend more money, um, and sort of continue the same operation just with more money allocated. And that would be great. That's an ideal situation, uh, for Oriole fans. Um, the other, uh, you know, sort of the middle ground scenario is that he takes over, but says, no, keep the labor costs low. Um, you know, I don't want to spend money on labor costs. You can win without much labor costs. You've proven that. So just keep doing what you're doing and that's good. And then there's sort of the, the worst case scenario where, uh, he takes over and either immediately, which is not likely, I do want to make it clear that it's not likely, but either immediately or in the next couple of years or something like that, um, Elias stops running the Baltimore Orioles, the baseball side of the Baltimore Orioles, and sort of new leadership comes in, and maybe they're not as successful, and they're not as good, and the on-field product uh, for the Orioles suffers because of that, so... It's really unclear, um, but again, I think that it would probably be a positive outcome, um, even if even if even if ownership changes at the top, and there are negative effects at the top, and Elias eventually in a couple years or whatever is out, the Orioles are still probably going to have a good run of success here in the immediate future. And I don't think that that will be jeopardized in the slightest by um, the ownership changing or anything like that. Um, it could be jeopardized 
you know, in the, you know, maybe the five to 10 year range or the 10 to 15 year range. But for the next five years or so, I think Oriole fans can be sort of assured that the Orioles are going to be competitive, even if ownership does change. Um, and hopefully we'll be uh, even more competitive. We'll go sign a couple big names that, you know, the Orioles really need to bolster uh, this team and turn it into a World Series contender um, and hopefully a World Series winner. Um, so I, I wouldn't fear um, too much. I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much cause for panic, uh, at least at this stage about there's no cause to be alarmed or anything like that about, well, are the Orioles uh, potentially going to be jeopardized? Um, And uh, to be clear, I don't think that's really how Oriole fans are thinking about it right now. I think Oriole fans are largely excited about the possibility of the Angelos family not owning the team. But I don't think that Oriole fans need to worry too much about uh, the success of the team being jeopardized. If the team is doing well, uh, Rubenstein isn't going to want to come in, most likely make a lot of enemies among the Oriole fan base. He's just going to want to, you know, ride the ship that's going in the direction of the World Series. And uh, I think that's the most likely outcome. So um, we'll see if this actually happens. Um, we'll see if the team is actually sold and um, if the Angelos family doesn't own the team anymore, which would be a massive thing because basically for my lifetime, the Angelos family has owned the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, to to see that change, that would be a big deal. And f- at a bare minimum, I think a lot of Oriole fans would feel relief and sort of be able to feel like they can move on um, from the Angelos family. A lot of Oreo fans really have a lot of PTSD about the situation and about the Angelos family. And even just not seeing them anymore, I think would be a welcome sight for a lot of Oreo fans. So in any case, um, we will continue to monitor um, what happens with the Orioles moving forward. We will be back on to record another podcast uh, sometime in the near future. I don't know who exactly the we is or if it will be just one of us, but um, somebody will be on to record another podcast in the near future. Um, with that said, um, you can follow the the podcast on Twitter at the Warehouse Pod, and you can feel free to email us uh, the Warehouse Pod at gmail.com. Um, and with that, um, we will wrap up here. Uh, my name is Jesse. This has been the Warehouse Podcast, and go O's. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.